0: What is speaking in tongues really all about? Is it for today? And if so, how is it to be exercised? Let's talk about it today on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. tongues and the interpretation of tongues there's quite a bit of confusion and controversy surrounding these two manifestations of the spirit and we hope to clear some of that up today on abounding grace as pastor ed taylor returns to his series in first corinthians if you've been in the church for quite some time you're probably familiar with some of the controversy in one camp you have those that claim these sign gifts have ceased And then there are others who would tell you you're really not saved or spiritual if you don't speak in tongues. Pastor Ed Taylor believes both of these extremes are to be avoided and now helps us arrive at a biblical understanding.
1: Tonight we walk into the middle of a battlefield in the realm of Bible or biblical interpretation. As we look at the 8th and the ninth manifestations of the Spirit, if you're just joining us, Over the last few weeks, we've looked at each of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit one by one, and before that, we had four introductory Bible studies on the person and the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life, something you and I really need to understand, and combined with our studies in Romans chapter 12 on the gifts of the Spirit, I believe that there is a full understanding and picture of the Spirit's work in our lives. And you can pick it up in various places throughout the scriptures, but you and I are not able to fulfill God's will in our lives without the Holy Spirit. This happens to be one of those sections that has caused great controversy. Tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And many weeks ago when we started this section, this series of studies in 1 Corinthians, I shared with you the biblical extremes that we have to stay away from. There are biblical extremes when it comes to spiritual gifts or spiritual things, especially as it relates to the sign gifts or the sign manifestations, tongues, interpretation tongues, and prophecy. And the two extremes that we want to avoid, if you want to write them down, you want to jot them down, number one is the extreme of cessation. It's a very popular view towards spiritual gifts. It's very selective, though. The word cessation simply means to cease. And there is a large segment of the Christian world today that believes that the sign gifts have ceased. And it refers to a group of people that believe that the gifts, most of the gifts, some people even go to the extreme of no spiritual gifts exist today, no manifestations. That's a a super-duper extreme. But the general extreme, some very popular Bible teachers on the radio teach this, That the sign gifts don't exist today. Tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. We'll get into more of that when we get into our study and then when we jump into 1 Corinthians 13. So you can understand, the Bible teaches that nowhere. And the way that it is presented is pulling out some verses in 1 Corinthians 13 that are completely out of context, just they don't fit at all. We'll look at it real briefly tonight, and when we get to 1 Corinthians 13, we'll look at it in more depth. We are not a church that believes in cessationism, that the gifts have ceased. We believe they exist today, that the manifestations of the Spirit can come today, including tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Not prophecy in the sense where new scriptures are being written, but we've studied that already. So you don't need to be confused about it. It's not prophecy where "Thus saith the Lord." I'm writing new Bible. That, that's not the gift of prophecy. That's a misunderstanding. Prophecy is simply speaking forth the word of God, giving forth a word from God, not new scripture. It'll never the, the manifestation of prophecy and those that are gifted with prophecy will never teach contrary to the scriptures. So if you somebody comes to you and say, "Thus saith the Lord," and what they're saying contradicts the scriptures, they're not gifted. They're not coming from God. Whether it's an angel or a human being claiming something that's contrary to the word of God, you can just dismiss it. And so full understanding is very, very important. We're not a cessation church. We don't believe in cessationism. Number two, the other extreme when it comes to these manifestations of the spirit and the gifts is what I would call hyper-expression. Or if you want to extend it, hyper-expressionism. Where there are those that believe that you're really not a real spiritual person. Some even go to the extreme that you are not saved if you don't speak in tongues, if you don't have the gift of interpretation of tongues. Primarily, it's tongues, usually. That you're not saved if you don't have the gift of tongues. Or it's not a real spiritual. There will be people and we have had them come through and sit through a Bible study such as this. Where the word of God is going through. People are getting saved. There's edification. There's all sorts of neat things. There'll be people that come through and I'll get an email going, you know, I just don't think the spirit was there. I'm like, man, you know, the people are getting saved, and lives are being changed, and, and people are growing up. Decisions were made. The repentance. To, oh, it, it, I don't. It, why don't you think? Well, because there was no speaking in tongues. There, there wasn't any hanging from the ceiling. You know, why don't you let people run around and? And and the hyper-expressionism, if you've been discipled in a congregation like that, it might even make you a little uncomfortable just to sit and receive the Word of God and not be interrupted in the middle of the Bible study with some utterance back there of the same person that has the same utterance every week. There's no interpretation. It interrupts the Bible study. Nobody else gets back on track. And you find that, man, you're already, you know, next time you come to church, you're kind of like, well, I know, I know, I know she's going to stand up about 5 minutes and 32 seconds. And I know she's going to utter the same. And it, it's, it's out of control. 1 Corinthians 14, we'll get there as well, gives the order from God's perspective of how the gift should operate within the congregation. And we'll look at that in depth. And I reject the notion that if you have not spoken in tongues, you're not saved. That's ridiculous absolutely unbiblical. Let me just give it to you real quick, because sometimes when I speak with that kind of authority, you might think, well, that's just Ed's opinion. No, no, no. Look at the end of chapter 12. Just real quick. It's very simple. Paul asks a series of rhetorical questions in verse 29 of the end of chapter 12. The rhetorical questions expect an answer. And so he asks the question, are all apostles, and what do you think the answer is? No. Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? It's very simple. It's a very simple study through the manifestations and the giftings of the Holy Spirit. This isn't my opinion formulated external from the Bible. It happens to be my opinion built upon the foundation of the Bible. Very different. And we neither are we cessationists and neither are we hyper-expressionists. Although there are some other congregations in the metro area that may worship with a a different expression. There might be a little different vibe to the church or a little more excitement. That's not necessarily hyper-expressionism, but that's why there's different congregations not everybody's going to fit. Not everybody's going to really be able to receive from a Calvary Chapel. That's great. There's plenty of churches in town that love Jesus Christ, that are solid in the word, and may express the ministry in their philosophy of ministry differently. I say, amen, because there's different people. And different people require different churches, and there's different expressions. And we just want to find the right place for us and commit ourselves and grow up in the things of God. We find ourselves down the middle, I believe. We try to be at least. Walking down the middle with perspective, allowing for the Word of God to speak for itself. And I believe the emphasis in our church is not on the gifts or the manifestations of the Spirit, but on the giver of the gifts and the manifestations. That's the focus. And you're very, very safe when you keep your eyes on the Lord. You're very, very safe when you don't magnify the instruments above the one that's using the instruments. And for us, we want to be in the spirit. You, you might even want to use that phrase, to be in the spirit. Think of it to, as being in the house. You want to be in the house when it's snowing, not outside. You want to be in the house. You want to be in your jacket. You want to be in the spirit where the spirit overwhelms you, controls you. You want to walk in the spirit, the Bible says. Why? You will not fulfill the lust of your flesh, your old man, your old woman that cries out day after day to be fed, to be taken care of. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, gnawing at your life and mind." You want to walk in the spirit. It's important that we don't impose our culture as we look at this text. We don't impose our context. Our preconceived ideas into the Spirit, but rather we must be open to the Spirit and allow the Spirit of God to impose Himself on us. To hear some of the testimonies and go, wow, that's from the Lord. I met a brother here after service with the Katinas here on Sunday. He is a man that has come to Jesus Christ by faith and repentance from a Muslim background. He was here visiting, he had heard about the band that somebody brought him here, and I got to chat with him afterwards, Muhammad. And I asked him, so I'm always wanting to know, man, how did you get saved? You know how he got saved? Jesus appeared to him in a vision. I've shared that with you many times before. I've gone over to Cairo, and I've met people all throughout that area. That's, That's their testimony. But here it's happening right now. Now, don't misunderstand me. The vision came also with the ministry of a pastor and his wife as he was working in a little soda shop trying to make a living and they would come in and share the gospel with him encourage him invite him over to the house have dinner with him love on him even though he was faithful to read the Quran and faithful to be the Muslim that he was God began to melt him and what the final deal was was Jesus showing up and giving him that assurance that all the gospel that was shared with him is the real deal powerful stuff now some would hear that they're listening on the radio right now they're listening Go, no way God doesn't do that Like, man, you're missing out. What do you mean God doesn't do that? Well, God only saves this way today. I don't know about that. My Bible says in the last days he's going to give visions and dreams. My Bible says in the last days he's going to pour out his spirit on the sons and daughters of man. My Bible says that Ed doesn't have it all figured out because God's ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. And with that mindset, we need to come open to the spirit. And we can test all things. If that vision that he described, described it uh, as someone coming and saying, I am Jesus, don't believe in me, reject it. You got a weird vision. Don't eat that pizza before you go to bed. (laughs) But if it's from the Lord, just because it, well, you know, that's, that's that's not how I was raised. Well, listen, God is raising you up a brand new way. He's doing a new work in your life. And the foundation that you receive, now God is building on. And then God is building on. And then God is building on, on the solid foundation that maybe you got. Maybe you grew up in a church and no, we don't talk about the Spirit of God. Why not? The Spirit of God is almost on every page of the scriptures. How, how can you? I, I wonder if, what it would be like if you took a Bible and just blacked out all the references to the Holy Spirit. It would, what would be left? The Spirit of God is the very foundation of the work of Jesus Christ on the earth today. And I want you to be open. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, you can jot it down, verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That's the evidence of your sonship and your daughtership unto the Lord. You're being led by the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, we are told by the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I was talking to a brother earlier, right before service, and he talked about. I was saying, "How are you doing? What's going on?" You know, in that greeting time, and just really being encouraged by you, the folks that are coming early. What's going on in your life, and and just really. And and he said, "You know what? I've been. I'm still sober. Isn't that great?" I'm still sober. That's like the mountaintop for him. I'm still sober. Well, listen, I've been sober for almost 20 years. That's how faithful God is. And I could say it back then when I was just saved, and now 20-plus years later, here I am. And guess what? I'm still sober. And God is good. And he's kept me sober. And, and, and how is that possible? Well, you know, because uh, oh, I threw out all the alcohol and I became strong and I don't hang out in the bars. No, because the Spirit of God just, boom. You're going to be sober. You're going to live for me. You're not going to be drunk with wine anymore, Ed. You're going to be filled with the Spirit. That's a command. To be controlled. Just like that idea of being drunk with wine is to be controlled by the alcohol and all the effects of alcohol. Some of you all know all too well the negative effects of alcohol. Away with this nonsense. Well, you know, I just drink a little bit to be real. No way, man. We don't want to know the real you. Stop drinking. (laughs) You know, we want to see you in Jesus. And we want to see you sober because that's how God's going to use you. You want to be controlled by the Spirit like you have seen some of you in your past, controlled by drunkenness where... Now the spirit of God wants to control you. And I just want you to know if you have a day or two or a year, God is going to keep you sober by his spirit. He's going to keep you strong. And it doesn't even have to be alcohol. I happen to mention that because that's my testimony. But you can get drunk with a lot of things, friend. You can be drunk with power just under control, trying to get power, trying to push your way through things, get that position or rule over that person. You could be drunk with the idea of power. You could be drunk with the idea of fame. You could be drunk in money, man. Just you're after the buck and you're just always talking about it, always stressing about it. And it's not like, you, you, you know, it's not like you're going to get any more of it. You're just always drunk. with it. You just want more, want more, want more. You could be drunk with a lot of things. And the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, or anything else for that matter, which is dissipation or emptiness, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled, be controlled. When it comes to this topic of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, there is a division. There are camps. And because of the division, because of the different camps and everything in between, the manifestation of tongues is probably the most misunderstood topic in all the Bible. Paul's already told us he doesn't want us ignorant concerning spiritual things. But tongues is probably the most misunderstood. You mention it, and it scares people. You might even be scared. Because it just weirds people out, the abuse and the misuse of tongues. The thought that God can inspire supernaturally beyond your own mental comprehension, a language that you don't know, that you can communicate directly with God. That's right now, you're having a hard time just dealing with that. But that's what it is. It's a vocal miracle. That's what tongues is. A vocal miracle in your life. God does not want you to be weirded out. He does not want the attention on the people exercising it. He does not want the topic just to come up and go, oh, I don't know about that. Because I think the enemy's slick. You know, if he can get you a little bit hesitant about anything pertaining to the spirit, then he's got you. He's in and as you're going through, you go, no, Ed, it's just a few things. And, well, well, it's just a few things. Well, that few things is going to add and add and add before you know it. It's now you're in the, you're living your life for Jesus in all your own strength. You don't need the Holy Spirit. It weirds you out. I don't really need to do with the Holy Spirit. I'll be open to a point. Well, what that's, what's that going to get you? Open to a point? It's all or nothing, friends. You were bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he wants you to live that way. He wants us to live that way to be open even though not everyone experiences the manifestation of tongues. We've already seen that. Not everyone. It doesn't make you a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God. It doesn't make you any less. It doesn't make you any different. That's like saying, well, not everybody gets, not everybody's a teacher. Well, what does that mean? Are you any less because you don't teach? Of course not. Not. Some of you, when I say, well, hey, you want to teach? You go, no, because that's not for you. However, why aren't you open to that? Because you don't want to? Because teaching weirds you out? I could never stand before people. Uh, Yeah, you could, easily. I could never just put together a Bible. Sure you could. The Holy Spirit can give you the gift of teaching. And why does it have to be from the pulpit? Why can't it be with the Sunday school? Why does it even have to be with your mouth? Why can't it be with your actions? See how we limit God just one little answer? You Just one little answer. You've limited so many things in your life. So I don't want to be a teacher. Hey, listen, whether you have the gift of teaching or not, you are a teacher. People are watching your lives and they're following you. So God bless you, teachers. This is what God's doing in your life. So if you're already a teacher, then pray for God to gift you in that way. Well, God, if I'm going to be teaching people, hook me up. I want to teach them the right way. I want to live the right way. I want to have the right words. I want to formulate the right sayings. I want to be available. We want to be open. It's just sad that this has caused so much division. It doesn't need to. And hopefully tonight, the Lord will help clear it up for you and then encourage you to pray, to allow the Holy Spirit to manifest himself in in this way, to bring about this manifestation of tongues in your life. Now, for the definition... The manifestation of different tongues here, mentioned in verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another kinds of tongues, notice the word different is in italics, just kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. This manifestation of different tongues is a vocal miracle. It is a miracle of speech that was predicted to come to the church by Jesus himself. Turn over to Mark's gospel real quick, chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. Jot this one down if you're not turning there with me because you want to see it. Mark 16, Matthew Mark, it's to the left, verse 17. A miracle of speech that Jesus himself predicted... Pick up with me in verse 14 of Mark 16. Afterward, he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Isn't it interesting? Unbelief, hardness of heart, surrounding spiritual things. Interesting. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. And they will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, there's a lot to go through here. When we study through Mark, which is up on the web, you can, draw, you can download the Bible study in P3. We studied this. But God isn't saying there is a new church of handling snakes. As a matter of fact, I've got one. No, that's not it that 's not like now we 're going to be the snake handling church, and we 're no, he, Paul did this in the book of Acts. This is exactly what happened he wasn 't looking. Hey, I, I remember Jesus you know I heard about Jesus saying that we 're going to handle snakes. Where are the snakes? Where are the snakes? I want to try it out. No, He put his hand in the, into the area of the fire and boom, a snake attached itself, and he didn 't die. It was a miracle it 's not permission to have a snake-handling church and put your video up on YouTube. and uh, These guys, they just keep going and going. I just read recently, I didn't have the article with me, but I read recently a guy that was doing it for many years finally got bit and died. Now what do you do about that? (laughs) It's done, man. You can't preach the gospel anymore. You look back all the time up until that point, come on, brother, come on, brother, brother snake man, come on, come on, come on, and boom. Huh? You know, who's next? That's not what Mount Mark is teaching. He's Jesus saying these things you can look for, and one of the things you can look for are new tongues, different tongues. That's what he's saying. Jesus predicted a vocal miracle would occur among his disciples. Speaking in tongues is then a spiritual language that is used to express praise, worship, thanks, and intercession to God.
0: Well, there you have a brief definition of tongues, and obviously much more could be said about it. So we'll save that for next time, since we're just about out of time for this edition of Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. You can hear this message again online at calvaryco.church, or listen through either of our apps. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play. And here in the month of July, we've picked out a book written by Pastor Ed we think you'll enjoy and benefit a great deal from. It ties in quite nicely to our current study, too. It's called Ordinary Servant. Maybe you've wondered, can God really use me? I'm just an ordinary guy or gal. Well, the answer in short is absolutely. Pastor Ed will lovingly and biblically walk you through how it is we can serve others with the heart of Christ. We'll send this your way for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of our listeners. And again, we'll say thanks for a gift of $25 or more by sending you Pastor Ed's book, Ordinary Servant. When you make a donation to Abounding Grace, you're helping countless others learn and apply the Bible and grow in grace call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. That number again, 877-30-GRACE. Next time on Abounding Grace, we'll continue Pastor Ed Taylor's study of 1 Corinthians. Thank you for listening today, and we'll look for you tomorrow as we open the Word together in search of God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace.